Abe here, and I wanted to let you know that if you're able, you can upgrade your small beans skill over at patreon.com slash small beans. Here's why you should do that. If you pledge five measly beans a month, you get access to about half our podcasts that you don't get if you're just listening to the free feed. Shows include Star Trek The Next Futurama, Spielboys, Like Razor Blade Pie, and bonus episodes of I'll Show You Mine If You Show Me Yours. Not to mention bonus content, including info and updates on the movie we're making, Papa Bear. Hey, where's all the reasons to not subscribe to Patreon? I can't find them. Anyway, back to the show. You're about to hear the recorded audio diaries of Michael Swain, Adam Ganser, and Abe Epperson, transmitted to you from another dimension through the wonder of podcast technology. Lost in the multiverse, they have to dig into a different piece of multiversal fiction each episode in the hopes of finally discovering a way back to their reality. How do they know this isn't their reality? Because one of them is being a real asshole. Will our heroes ever make it home, or will they inadvertently explore our obsession with multiverses, alternate timelines, and parallel worlds, and tie it all into a conversation about postmodern art, pop culture, and what it means to be a human right now? This is Escape from the Multicurse. That's us running away from other versions of ourselves who are shooting ourselves. You got the gist. Tom Ryman said it in the intro. Escape from the multicurse, where we talk about paradox loops and time loops and our fascination with them. I'm Abe Epperson. I'm here with my two co-hosts, Michael Swaim and Adam Ganser. Hello. That's Michael. And, and, <laughs> and that's Adam. That's clearly that's a creature called Adam. It's me. <laughs> that's not that's not a bit. It's not a that's bit. Not the bit. It's not chirping. Bit. That's not the asshole bit. <laughs> One of us is an asshole and tr- is trying to keep us in in this universe or something. Not really sure. But hey, <laughs> well, guess we're what, here guys? Talk about a movie. Let's talk about a movie because that's what we have to do to get to the next uh, mm-hmm. checkpoint. I don't know. Yeah. To climb Arrival. into each other's wormholes. Yeah. Arrival 2016 by Denny Villeneuve. Which means house number nine. Villeneuve? <laughs> yeah. It does House mean number that. nine. Yeah. 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 Wow. Never thought of that. that. It really unlocks it. this movie for you if you know that. So <laughs> yeah. important information. Arrival. <laughs> Yes, this is an aliens come to earth movie that yeah. uh, if you heard about it, you probably heard of it through the lens of it's through the lens of language. It's the language aliens movie. Oh, yeah. yeah. The language of love. Can I Translating. say I really think this is what it would be like. You know, like, yeah, I've heard people say that before, that they think, think this is this, the most realistic first contact. This thing is ever. it. Yeah, for sure. I really think that. Yeah, I got problems with the heptapods, which is what they call the aliens. Yeah, me too. Like as an mm. organism, but mm. I love the um, kind of cryptic. Like, are they gonna kill us? What's going on? What are they saying? These, this is weird. This is just really weird. Like that's most of the movie. Yeah. Close Encounters of the Third Kind, I think, is also a similar vibe, where yeah. like the first, the first order of business is both sides are smart, both sides want to assure the other, I'm not here to kill you, but that's difficult to do when you're so different. So you have to, you know, work out a basic love way of communicating. Now in Close Encounters, it's music. And in this, it's squid ink. But the methods are the same. 
<laughs> yeah. It's a, I love it's the idea mystical of the encounters. Yeah. Uh, where like a general, like they make the sounds and then the mm. general is just like, what the What fuck? did he say? What is He's this? He's going to kill who? Yeah. What is this? How do I deal with this? All right. Let's get to work. Mm. To task. In our first segment where we kind of discuss what makes this unique in, you know, the pantheon of paradox, multiverse, time loop films. Let's get into it. It's called the multi-map. Yeah. So I feel I can start. It's basically back to the future because the causality of time travel. But the film is unique that it hides it from its audience, the paradox loop. Uh, so we don't get like until act three um, that Amy Adams, who plays the character Louise, starts to think more like the heptapods as she's learning the language. And that language unlocks uh, the ability of you to see all to see time the way that they see time, which is nonlinear. Um, so she can jump forward and into her past and into her present and remember things. I guess into the mainly into the future is the superpower. Jumping yeah. into the memories, your past memories seems like anyone can do that. Uh, so she's able to call a Chinese ambassador at a crucial moment and then later learns that information that she told him uh, in that phone call later so it's like the future yeah saving the world with the time loop and that's kind of unique because of the kind of way in which the film is constructed that they it's more or less back to the future but you just construct it differently and hide the fact that you've been kind of quote time traveling in the in her memory the whole time so time loop wise i would argue that it definitely fulfills that but i would say back to the future is more of a multiverse because you can imagine that when they go back in time and change stuff, there are consequences. And that Mm. implies a predeterministic universe with like time splits and, you know, timelines can split and fracture. In this, it seems like we only stay in the one timeline. We only stay in the one universe. We just start to see through time and we see time non-linearly. So point of order, we shouldn't have done this movie for this podcast. That's mm. my stance. That's my mm. hot take. Really? I didn't pick it, but I'll just say, I don't think this is a multiverse because I think in our own universe, time is nonlinear. And the idea presented here that if you could see nonlinear time, your life would feel very different. That doesn't require a multiverse to exist. So let's stop talking about this movie now. Well, I disagree only in Good. that... Uh... Only in that, like, we we covered time lips before, (laughs) uh, and I also picked it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, No, I I don't think it's only multi-curses or multiverses we're talking about here. We're talking about just the cultural fascination with the loop-de-loops of causality. I think We like that. You can always make the case that uh, a multiverse is created anytime two different points on the line spectrum interact with each other. Like, mm. like, I think you can make that yeah. case philosophically. I but don't in think this the movie case, is they trying only, to. They only interact informationally, right? They well, don't that's, physically that's, that's all we're shown. Well, yeah. uh, I mean, again, it's true. That, it's like this, rigid. this comes down to that conversation we had a few of these episodes ago where like, okay, if I change the brain chemistry and like the actual brain matter of somebody because uh, I have a different memory than them, a la butterfly effect, have I not created a different universe? Mm, you know right. what I mean? Uh, yeah. So on that level, you know, you could do it. 
uh, it sounds like it's my turn to talk. I had a couple of thoughts, but I think the most important thing to take away from this is we just really don't need to do alien movies anymore because I feel like this this is what it would be like. You know what I mean? Like, so no more alien. Movies. We don't. Yeah, uh, yeah. Everything about it, it's like holy shit, man. They fucking, no new Predators movies. No, 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 no. no that's no. Ridley no. Scott can go home. We don't need it. It's we don't it's need. It's funny it. because there's a critic who uh, said about this movie when I was doing a little bit of research. It was like, uh, "This is an alien movie for people who don't like alien movies," <laughs> which I thought was funny. It's the New Yorker alien movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's like you get to be like, I'm very smart about the aliens. I'm very sophisticated. <laughs> yeah, it is, about it the is sophisticated. But let's be honest: if the aliens traveled to Earth, uh, they would be smart. Uh, and I think that yeah. is in itself an argument for why we don't need anymore because we did Dude, he it. doesn't know the difference between a weapon and a tool. He's not that smart. No, he he's doesn't know the smart. words, <laughs> those words, because he's learning They're those slippery. words, you know, yeah. uh, per the premise of the movie, which again is what would have happened. Uh, yeah, um, I do have a couple other observations about multiverse stuff. One of them is this film... Uh, this film was trying very, very hard to find ways to subjectify the experience of it by creating perception gaps, like uh, creating the locking us in the in points of view of character and trying to visualize the idea of uh, getting over the perception of things, like transcending your own self perception. Um, yep. Everything from the use of ink, which uh, is an underutilized resource, and I'm glad this movie noticed that. Uh, another reason why it's factually accurate and uh like using them in a sort of like a rorschachy way you know like clearly drawing on that yeah, kind yeah, of imagery. Yeah. um focal planes just a bunch of stuff like that this is a director who really thought hard about how to visualize um the gap between understanding and uh your own perception and created so many elements to that degree that i thought was really cool um it's not the most philosophically profound other than like the Wittgenstein of it all, you know, like the, the sort of reality is language conversation. Right. Um, yeah, the, yeah. 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 Which, you know, is a philosophical point of view. This movie is entrenched in that. I think it's interesting to see a movie try to visually represent it. I think it kind of breaks down a little bit when you get into, um, like, yeah, you just get into the experience of chronology, like trying to express something that's outside of time through a time-based mechanic just gets really tough. You know, um, and I don't know, they totally nailed that, uh, but that's because our minds are not free enough yet. Uh, but they will be. Anyway, that's the end of my They rant. will be. Someday. Someday yeah. soon. Someday Very soon. soon. Someday. This is what's going to happen one day. Yeah, I mean, if there's aliens, yeah. which I believe, it's going to be a very uphill conversation. Or it's going to go the other way where use weapon, baby. Um <laughs> Yeah, uh, I feel like we can segue to our next, you know, just the general grab bag of observations and reactions to what we've just said uh, in our next segment, Verses on Verses. I think this time type of time loop is the most causal interpretation of time travel. It's like it's missionary position to me. Like you become your own grandpa group of time travel stories, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and we've covered a lot of black and white stories, like gotta beat these basketball aliens or like, Wanda, you got to stop. Uh, but this one is like pretty gray. Like we don't know what they're doing here. If they're friend or foe, it's more of a question. Uh, the whole movie. That's it. Um, 
I like that type of shit. It's cool. Um, All we yeah, ultimately because- get is that it's some unspecified date 3,000 years in the future. Humans having this ability will be helpful to the aliens. Therefore, the aliens came back in time and gave us that ability so that we would have it at the time yeah. they need us to. Yeah, and I love how you're kind of, uh, you mentioned the linguistic relativity, Adam. I just want Mike to know that that is called war, the Worf hypothesis. Oh, really? Yeah, it's, there's an H in there, but it's Worfanism mm. is also just the, con- <laughs> the concept that the structure of language influences a speaker's worldview or cognition of reality. Um, and Man, Worf would be General Shang in this. Worf would be like, attack the aliens. We're attacking. <laughs> that's actually. They have no honor. I mean, that's a pretty contemporary philosophical view, honestly. Uh-huh. Like, I, like I, I mean, you know, I know this isn't a philosophy podcast, but basically every time we enter into a multiverse conversation, we're kind of in a dialogue with uh, postmodern philosophy ideas, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Reality as language is one of the most. Uh, pervasive ideas that people don't realize they have now, like that they don't right. realize they believe. Like to you know, to wit, like just like a little history lesson on this. People used to think that reality was uh like objects, right? Like people like Plato and right. Aristotle would have thought sure. of language as being in- my dick. Yeah, yes, they would have had a written a full treatise on Abe's dick. Thank uh, you. Yes, sir. You bet. Thank you. Um. <laughs> But eventually, like this, so. this gap, this gap that exists between what I can know, uh, what is knowable to me, and what exists in the world becomes like such a wide gulf that the only thing that really exists is the word I assign to it, right? right. Like, and and so, and that is kind of seeped into a the lot word of our, and what that causes my brain to think and how correct. I experience that. Yeah. Correct. Correct. Which is why I think it's really interesting in this film that you're constantly sort of, um, they're, they're constantly trying to find ways to indicate the idea that they are experiencing something objective, but they, they never actually have real physical contact with the aliens. You know what I mean? Like, they, like there's never an actual breakthrough. There's always a wall between them and the thing I they're trying wish. to understand. Well, until she is in the void with them. At the end, did that even yeah, happen? Three. Yeah, That's a good question. It, well, no, because it's in a movie. But yes, in the mm. movie, I think it happened. You don't I think, think it's so? Because she went into a ship. She and... went into a little pod, and then it acclimated her to their atmosphere, but, and then it deposited her behind the glass partition inside the. But void. I could see the argument. I could see the argument that once she got into that mental space, like something else took over. Her perception was weird. But yeah, I think you were supposed to be. There's no reason why we shouldn't, other than like the. the conceit of the film which is that anything could be anything i guess right but i think they the movie is pretty hard line on keeping those moments just in the quote flashbacks that aren't flashbacks but rather flash forwards well that's um, the problem with untethering those things from time right is that now anything subjective also happened you know what i mean like like time actually has a way of uh, distinguishing between fantasy and reality, if that makes sense. Do you know what I mean by that? Yeah, yeah, Say not more. Real. Yeah. So yeah, like, uh, really. so like, once you've broken away from the concept of time, uh, again, a thing that is inevitable for all of us. Um, the how do I say this? The uh, 
at least in a movie, right? Like the the how to distinguish between things that actually exist and things that don't exist becomes impossible because intercutting chronology is no longer an indicator of meaning. Right. And that's right. basically the main way you understand meaning in a movie, right? Is like this thing. Like and in life, sequence is of that yeah. cause and effect. Things are linked. Yes. Oh, using, the, using the medium of time, things are linked causally. Correct. And you're saying if you transcend time, then everything just exists and it's all equal. Correct. So any fantasy is as real as a thing that really happened if you delete those causal connections. Because it was imagined, and imagination is real. Correct. So the thing you imagined is equally real. Correct. Yeah. And this movie uh, is brilliant for bringing that truth out. Another way that it's like, why even do another movie after this? They really figured well, it out. Well, di- in a digestible <laughs> way for mass audiences, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Yeah, for a fucking well, not, blockbuster yeah. to point that out? That's right, pretty awesome. Right. Yeah. And if people yeah, haven't yeah, yeah. seen it, what we're referring to is at the end when time breaks and she sort of feeds herself information from the future, but also we see that she ends up writing a book that is a dictionary of heptopod language, and eventually she's going to teach other people to think this way. So what happens to society when we have a bunch of time jumpers, like when everyone can do this? Obviously, it's going to fundamentally change how we live and what it is to be human well, in ways that we can't predict. It's sort eh, we'll of have a war. I mean, it's sort of implied that it's implied that nobody ever changes anybody else's timeline anymore. That's that's what that's I mean. The when low key, causal, I want a horror movie about this. But does that imply knew, predetermination? It it assumes it. Yeah. It assumes it. Yeah, because if you knew the future and others didn't, and there's some cases where like that could just be mightily fucked up. Like she can, like at the end, Louise can drive the ship in the relationship with Jeremy Renner. Like, oh, they have a fight. Oh, well, it's fine. I know we have a kid. I know how that's, this is how this, this works. This is all going to work out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. This is a situation where you can, you can kind of treat the other person as like your, your prisoner, you know? But what if you Time can both prisoner. see the future? Then and all you're you, doing is looking at each other going, yeah, you yeah, know? you did yeah, this. I did. Yeah. And then I did yeah, that. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That, like, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, why yeah. would there ever be a bad date? You know what I mean? Or a why, relationship. You just yeah, know your quote unquote soulmate just by finding them and say, I'll pick that life. That life sounds good. Right. It's impossible to divorce your experience of meaning from choice, from causal choice. And yet right. we are interested in the concept of timelessness as a species. You know what I mean? But it like, seems to preclude free will, timelessness, the, in a there weird it way is. that you don't immediately think about. Mm-hmm. Yes. There it is. Yeah, and that's I think that's what makes the comment earlier at the top of the episode where, where we we're kind of debating the back to the futureness of it. Um because that that one up front in the movie says like now there's a, a split reality. There's a, it's a yes or a no, a binary Marty's dead or he isn't. Um this one seems like everything's propelling forward because they opt to not be like well, what if she didn't, uh, you know, fuck Jeremy Renner? What it, what happens then? What if she didn't no say scenes. the thing that? What if she didn't say the thing to Shang that she told herself to say? What if she just didn't? Right, like the heptopods are like, you have the power now, go and use it, and yeah. our job here's done. And it seems like they're right about it. Doesn't that. you killed one uh, of us with C four? We're fucking out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. peace <laughs> out, baby. We're gonna just kick it in our foggy atmosphere yeah. i love that that's so funny to me that they have fogs like i, I just want to see heptopod sitting in it's the back like, smoking on a chair it's like going you know? to see shamu almost through the yeah. glass partition they're really treated like whales 
And whales are smart, but I just want to understand how they built the spaceship. I want to see these giant whale things like clumsily putting bricks together or however the hell they... Do they secrete <laughs> it? How did they build it, well, these It looks shells? like they can move things telekinetically. Okay. Yeah. Like they, they float, they dis- don't they? They don't even walk. They float. And also their travel is insane because yeah. they're... They're like warping. At the end of the so movie, cool. Yeah, they just turn into... It's not even turn into it a turn cloud. Into clouds. They just... Yeah. A cl- they go into a cloud and it's just gone. I mean, yeah. that's really cool what would happen too. You know, I mean, like when you think about it, like why would you bother ever like going through a black hole or any of that bullshit that's been in movies? You for just years, right? turn into a cloud. Yeah, you just zap yeah. right yeah. through a cloud. That's alien Clouds thinking. go everywhere. Right. It's so much easier, yeah, more yeah. convenient. You know what I mean? Like thank, Faster thank you, than cloud travel. Thank you, filmmakers, for showing us a thing we didn't know and needed to know. You know. Here's my question about the causality thing that we've been talking about. So why doesn't Amy Adams, like, so Amy Adams, the version of her at the party with the Chinese general, where the Chinese general is like, you called me at that crucial moment and you said the words of my dying wife, and that's how I knew to trust you. And here they are. (laughs) And that's why, and that's how you saved the world or whatever. How does she not remember what she's done there? That's the does problem. Does nonlinear memory That's the mean that she doesn't have memories from her past? Right. Or just... Sl- I think the movie wants us to kind of just say, well, it's selective. It's She's learning. So it's like, it pops in, pops out. But so it's not like something where it's like an unlock. What we should have done... Now a superhero. What we should have done is been given a big textbook full of those drawings and just stare at them for a good couple of months before we watch the movie. Mm-hmm. So that we can actually <laughs> absorb the content of this movie on its own yeah. timeline, you know what I mean? Because like, yeah, because she hasn't mastered the ability, and so she's still seeing glimpses, and there's disjoints that create the ability for there to be causal m- meaning and meaning just between the discrepancy between two things. But ultimately, if she learned this ability fully, she should never be surprised about anything. Sort of like Doctor Manhattan right. and Watchmen, right? And yeah. I'm just wondering what happens when there's an entire society of Dr. Manhattans because she created this book that's going to teach everyone else how to do it. It seems like everything would grind to a halt at that point. Yes. Yeah. That is exactly right. We would be writing the toenail ship of destiny, you know, uh, which I I mean. Never heard that phrase. We'd all be looking at a painting going, yep. That's that painting. That's the painting. That's all of existence. I see it. And then see it. 4 p.m. where we start our orgy that's when that orgy is over yeah yeah some people like i don't want to do the orgy i already know what's gonna happen that don't mean shit i'm we're still gonna well that sort of is is there such a thing as become hedonism is there such a thing as experiences in that world Oh no! You know what I mean. He's the asshole. He's the asshole. <laughs> oh fuck this. you, man! Oh fuck, man! <laughs> no, but for real, if uh, if you already know it, right? Like, and and like, I'm gonna let's assume we live in a material <laughs> universe for like you know prime like only. Whoa! Just for argument's big sake, big step, but okay. Uh, yeah, right. And like, if we live in an exclusively material universe, then knowing everything, being unbound by time, would imply already having the chemical experiences in your brain that they happened. Right? right. So is there such a thing as experiencing anything? Because your perception already matches the end state of the universe. Correct. Yeah. I guess not. I guess you've taken I guess you've stolen even that from us, Adam. Yes. Well, when you say I, think that I, the I mean the concept is that something else is going on, like there's it's not just chemical impulses. It's not just neurons firing. Um 
something else is it determines mem- memory to some extent in order for this movie to work, right? Well, this movie is uh, but a shadow of an imitation of a real idea that uh, the filmmaker <laughs> is tapping into. And so, unfortunately, because mm-hmm. of our time-locked brains, you know, we're, we're like cavemen beholding a, a Picasso painting here. It's difficult for us to use. We don't have the language to describe it, Abe, so to speak. The but thing that he's I, indicating, yeah. we can't really experience even Correct. or put our minds right. around. And if we could put our minds around it, it would change everything to such a degree that we couldn't put our minds around that. Correct. So it's almost yeah. a fool's errand to try and imagine what it would be like, you know? And yet, yeah, and yet irresistibly interesting. Sort and of, yet interesting. Sort of, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing that this movie's really good about pulling out, which is that they have that whole tool versus weapon question where like they talk which they is Abe, say which is a stick yeah. is it a tool <laughs> or dick. is it a weapon <laughs> it's my story dick depends on where if you line up against you, if the only tool you have is a hammer or if the only tool is uh, i hand you is a hammer you hand me as a dick then you see every problem as um what you put your dick into um a light socket a light socket so i love that yeah as you we mentioned it's like we perceive helping could in fact be hurting. Uh, and that reminds me of Speaker of the Dead where the monkeys are like, or the, the ape-like creatures are like, oh, we murdered your friend because that's that's great, right? You can now turn into a tree. Um, and Einstein kind of posits the same when we look at our actual reality where he's like, you can only see the experiment as an outside observer. That's like basically the paraphrase of what he was talking about, which is wonderful because uh, we, we kind of understand that that's true. And we understand that it's a better vantage when we're uh, outside of the experiment. But when we're in the experiment and we're asking questions about ourselves, it's literally impossible to be outside of the experiment. Right. So even if we were a perfect scientist, we can get, be just wrong about things. In fact, being wrong is a huge part of science. And um, I just love that that is like the message of the movie is like, yeah, you, you're just wrong. You can just be wrong um, and do everything right, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and be correct all the time, but you should just also be wrong too. This, um, this conceit of reality, this idea of a timeless, you know, material existence like this also eliminates morality. That's another problem that comes from it. Uh, or, right. Things just are and always have been. Right. And you could never be. make a mistake. Right. You, know? you could never argue that, oh, you shouldn't have done that. Correct. Because it, it was done and always will be done. Correct. I mean, you can. Because if I like were to cut on what? my dick off right now, okay. I would suffer. And if you well, but if you if you experience timelessness, if you were unbound from time, it it would be matter. just like Hannah. It would be like Hannah with the cancer. Exactly. You would appreciate all the points exactly. where you did have a dick just as much as the points where you don't have. Correct. A dick. You'd it's finally, but I'd still have to experience. Well, there is no experience. A dick. There is no experience. What do you mean? We've though? been saying that because. But I can pop into it in my brain. I have. Oh, but it. so no, I, they I are going back into positing, time. That's what the, Abe is positing that you can plug in and out correct, of time at like will a when you want to experience stuff. Yeah, yeah. So you can choose to experience stuff when or, you want because or like it this, just comes up on you and says, "Ah, remember you got no dick. Remember me, motherfucker. Remember me. Ah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the dick like, you used uh, to have. Remember." But I, yeah. I kind of think that's supported by the movie a bit because. Let's say she learns the heptapod language and she can disjoint from time anytime she wants. She could also not, right? She can return to being in linear time and experience any part of linear time she wants to. And I think we kind of see her doing that with the memories of Hannah 
she mm-hmm. she experiences those memories come upon her in quiet moments whenever they choose to so i think there is there has to be a dialogue between the two states like there has to be yes you can step outside time and look at time and look at everything without in a timeless way but you can also focus in on one and be of it if you choose so here's here's another thought ex- experiment on this that i hope you'll find interesting so do you think that the only thing that really happened is that she became able to transcend time in her mind's eye? Not in reality, right, yes. just in her mind's eye. That's what I got. Yes, that's, I, you, that's my interpretation. Okay, great. I think, I think that also is right. Um, that means the aliens know there's a soul and changed it, maybe. Or... Right? You got no soul. Soul well, doesn't enter the conversation. But think about it. If well, okay, hold on though. The only way you could create an experience like that that exists in the mind's eye is if there's something immaterial that they transformed with that language, right? Yeah, it could be some. Yeah, that's right. We could call it a soul. I'm using the word soul very loosely. Or you right. can call it yeah, the yeah, imagination, yeah, yeah. though. It could be. But it has to something be, else. But it, yeah, it's. Sci-fi. It has to be. It has to be outside of outside. Time. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Right. Kind of like in a uh, companion film of this is, um, I would argue, is Interstellar uh, by the Christopher Nolan. Yes, but not as realistic. Like, Love is the fifth dimension, you know, like it's, yeah. uh, there's something else that tethers us like dark matter to the universe that we can't see and we don't have any, you know, device that can say like, oh, yep, that, that's gravity or, oh, that's electricity. We just, ha- there's something else going on uh, and it's spooky. Um, I mean, again, I think there could be a spooky soul. This movie, there could like, absolutely be yeah. that, and like a a And props to the filmmakers for understanding reality enough to translate that into a movie like this. You know, truth. Uh, because I don't know if we're ever going to see a movie that gets at this amount of reality with such a short, small premise. So sorry, I, I like kind of derailed you. No, you were saying about the soul. I'm, like, I'm so just pointing was... out, like, like so. Okay. On in our mortal plane, you know, where we're bound by time, to talk about what happens in this movie is a little bit like that's all we're doing right now is trying to figure out exactly what happened. So, like, mm-hmm. one problem the movie doesn't explain that well, in part because of its transcendent truth that we can barely comprehend, is how does she how does she activate the tool? How does the thinking, tool activate? Think in her thoughts. Think your thoughts get start thinking like a. But you mean, but yeah, we don't know the intricacies of when does a thought become when does a thought trigger a move into an objective time space. If it does, versus yes, versus it's just a thought, right? Right. Right. And it seems to be that these things only unspool (laughs) in her head. She's not like being teleported to the future. She's having a memory from the future, right? That was right. Well, that's where it's like perhaps the cinematic convention isn't big enough to really explain this idea it's, to our well, people. Well, the, the audience, I mean, we can only experience the movie in a linear time fashion. It's it's more a limitation of the medium, right? Yeah. Like all of, yes. all, there, there's a bunch of twists well, and turns and surprises from our vantage and that if we had seen the movie in its entirety from the beginning, like if we watched the movie all at once in one instant, there wouldn't be any surprises. We would just go, oh, of course, everything made sense because of course everything happened as it did. I would I would only specify the language on that. I would just say it's not because of the medium. It's kind of tricky because of convention. Like there's this bit uh, I wanted to point out where the daughter asks Amy Adams, 
in the future. What's the technical term for something? And it turns out it's a zero-sum game is the word she's looking for. Mm -hmm. And we find out after that question, Jeremy Renner says it in the quote now, the present. Well, that's how she remembers it. It's a zero-sum game. And so, yeah, so hold on. So it's weaved into sequences. So it goes, daughter asks question, Amy doesn't know answer. More plot in the present, Jeremy Renner says zero-sum game. Cut to Amy uh, answering her daughter remembering that from the future now i just want to take that moment and say that's important because the movie wants us to rethink linearity of story which has been using like editing the whole time to fool us across all movies since the beginning of time we can't understand that until it's in terms we understand as movie watchers or like a language we we understand for instance and what we understand is causality. So basically, basically, Amy Adams' remembering of Jenny, Jeremy Renner's answer as the cause of her remembrance in the future means for the first time in the movie, hey, audience, daughter's in the future, not the past. And so it's got to be a clue on, like, in other words, in order for, to unlock this movie, he's got to drop clues in terms that we understand as traditional moviegoers. But where pointing we to things this. that we can't understand. Yeah, because if he didn't do this causality, which kind of fucks up the gears, we could argue, um, because then it's like, wait, does she turn on? Does she turn off? Is it random? Um, That means that we as the movie viewers can't understand it because he gave us no kind of uh, legend or, you know, key of terms um, to know that the terms that we've been thinking of and how we've been watching the movie is wrong. I mean, that's like, that's the, the, that's what the movie's doing is like don't the very first scene i showed you you assumed it was in the past because of the way i played the music and how i you know flashbacks operate and you've seen movies how that works we made the assumption yeah and case in point i didn't make that assumption i thought she was gaining such an ability to change her memories that she was replacing her real ex-husband with jeremy renner because he's hotter like I thought he was like I thought she was oh, at the end of the cool. movie. Like I thought she sunshine. was just like she's in love with Jeremy Renner, so she made it so her life now has Jeremy Renner in it instead of some that's, schmuck. That's like uh, a holodeck, baby. That is not what's going on. I now fully understand that <laughs> those memories are of the future, but it is a funny idea to just well, eliminate someone from your life. Well, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's eternal sunshine, right? Like. Uh, right. but or Black Mirror. Yeah, I actually think that version is more like if they're gonna remake this movie now, it'd be the one truth that's missing from it. Otherwise, it's pretty much we got it all. Uh, which is, I do think that people would want to would would be using this knowledge to recreate reality. I do think that's, and that's what they the would question. Do. Can you? That would be the next Arrival Two. Yeah. yeah. Arrival Two. Yeah. You guys seen the Arrival? The Charlie arrival Sheen too. arrival, I, yeah, yeah, I almost yeah, looked it up. Love him, yeah. love him. I, I love that it's that's not the only consistency between these two movies. Also, the aliens in that those movies have weird knees. They do, just like the they bend backwards. Yeah, they look mm. like little knees mm. to me. But if you think about it, that is how aliens would look, like the like knees. What? Like yeah, a squid. Yeah, I think squids. Squid yeah, billing. squids are the most likely space shape that would ever come visit us. I disagree. I, I am. I just think that's unscientific. That's unscientific. 
Seven is a shitty natural number. That's a weird what comes thing in to have seven legs. Yeah, uh, that's some biologist is probably going to destroy truth, him. Aliens full uh, of truth. But there's no symmetry there. Some biology biologist is probably going to destroy me in the comments. But I think heptapods are probably not what aliens look there's like. There's radial symmetry. And I know what aliens look like. Oh, okay. you do? I don't cool. claim to, which makes me the most credible voice here. <laughs> which makes, or makes you the asshole. <laughs> Either way. Which makes me the credible voice. I don't know if they exist. Dude, I love... I love first contact stories so much. We had, yeah. I love that they have a scene in this movie where there's like, they had some great success when um, Amy Adams took off her suit. And I was like, and then everyone started taking off their suits. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, all right, why stop there? We should just keep taking Let's things get naked. off. Yep. Let's yeah, get yeah, naked, naked talking yeah. to the aliens. They're naked. They're naked. Almost yeah. all aliens we interact with in alien lore. Well, they didn't they're get naked. into this in the movie, but I think they actually take off that skin and underneath their their smooth like <laughs> alabaster, a pink you know? little yeah. nudes. Yeah, yeah, Ooh. yeah. They're, yeah, they're pink and stringy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> why are they pink? Because it looks great. See, this is why I shouldn't be at uh, uh, first contact because I'd be like, ooh, <laughs> ew, <laughs> ew, ew. You're I'm a gross. Mars Attacks man, personally. Uh, yeah. I love how this movie. If I can talk about the movie itself and the actual mm-hmm. look and structure of the movie. It starts, it almost looks like the beginning is designed by Apple. And by that, I mean, it's really yeah. elegant black lines, thin black lines, making rectangles. Everything's in front of rectangles. She's in a rectangle when she's teaching at, cl- at class. The news is a big square rectangle. The Everything. Yeah. I like how they hide you seeing the ship too. You don't Absolutely. see the ship for a long time. Yeah, that was cool. It's like no curves, baby. And then they bring circles, right? They all yeah. the the shell is a curve. Even the window that they look through has curved edges. So it's, and their language is an ink circle. So it's like you live in rectangles. Behold, I bring you circles. And uh, I do think that's a very apt that's, visual metaphor yeah. for what's going on. Yeah, it's like you didn't even think about curves, you fucking idiot. Right. <laughs> I mean, that is the movie. Like, yeah. I love the the. The heptapods at a certain point also are like when the give technology scene, and then she's like, "What technology? Like, what are you fuck are you talking about?" And it just taps the glass. It's like how we treat cats sometimes. Mm. Like, do something, move, you fucking idiot. Um, <laughs> I thought he was trying to point at the C four and explain. That the bomb's <laughs> He's about like, to "Give die. me that. Yeah, give I, me I'd that like that. Right I now. want it. <laughs> I want to die. That looks like I a treat. I, it looks you, really good. I am death process." <laughs> <laughs> I'm death process. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, no, that's a that's astute. And I love that uh, I think we kind of just tossed out or Adam tossed out the Rorschach of it all. I love that because it's literally the test we use to analyze how people interpret the world. Right. So it's on theme again. Yeah, and they can con- the director continues to put like visual planes between the protagonist and like understanding. One of them is the focal plane, right? Meaning there's tons and tons and tons of shots in this movie where shallow. Yeah, yeah, there's a shallow depth of field and instead of being focused on what the person's looking at, we're focused on the back of their head, right? Or yeah, shots some artifact. Yeah. Or like an even more like this is so simple but it's so effective. Uh the when they go to visit the aliens for the first time, they have not one, not two, but three layers of obfuscation between them and the aliens. They got like two face masks and then the actual barrier between the aliens mm-hmm. and them. Right. And so like, Oh yeah. Yeah. It's just a continuous, like how can we shed as many of our perception pro like our, our ability to see correctly? How can we change it to, you know, perceive reality? 
I think that's also why they have so many instances in this, like in the helicopter ride where she meets Jeremy Renner, of people communicating through walkie-talkies, or it's like, you have to Mm -hmm. speak up because we're in a helicopter, or we all speak with military jargon, so you don't understand what we're saying. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. There's a lot of on-theme stuff about communication affecting reality. Yeah, just like the Mahjong they're playing in China, where it makes everything a game. Makes everything a a game or a hammer. Yeah. 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 That's so... Yeah, that's fucking dope. Another thing that wrinkles the whole metaphysical road we're going down is they seem to communicate with you using your own memories. So, like, sometimes the heptapods will trigger memories that are pertinent to the conversation. It kind of reminds me of Deep Space Nine when the prophets speak. It's like all the the regular crew walks by and says Mm -hmm. lines. So, does that mean... If we are free of time and we're all floating out here as a bunch of Dr. Manhattans looking at the same timeline and we all know, yes, that's what happens and always will, can we still alter things and fuck with each other or change things to see how it changes the rest of the painting, right? Like if if it became just a painting, so for example, sorry, the aliens, yeah, no. the aliens have a different spoken language than a written language. And if language is reality, that implies there's at least two realities for them. Maybe the spoken language is the language that lives in the reality where they experience things linearly, and the written language is the language that they use when they want to experience the universe in its totality. Like, why can't you switch back and forth between both? That may, I I, that so. may be what they're offering, because the aliens also have a verbal language that right, they, exactly. we, quickly, we quickly are told <laughs> is, has nothing to do with with the what they're yeah. telling us no correlation or at least they say that they're the the language that they have the written the ink blot is not a way to depict sounds their sounds like correct. our language correct you know like we have vowels and shit they just have pure meaning so maybe that's also true of their spoken language but they knew we couldn't get to that as easy you know um yeah it's it, there's a big question definitely about like the determinism that's happening because you're you're right that like it would they're like you're gonna have to help us in a thousand years and we need you to be like you know we're beefing you up we're leveling you up here um so or, so then like whatever it is three thousand years you can come and help us that means that they're just cogs in the system of determinism where they're right. like that always will happen, and we know that. So we have or to do the thing. We need to do something in order to do enough to cause and have an effect. Yes. Like, why would they care? They would just. So, is the only thing that they care about the extinction of their uh, civilization? What else do they care about? This is the and same. Once you start asking the question of that, like, what is. What is desire like? Yeah, like what are the, desires? What are this is do also the aliens the problem. experience tension? Do the aliens yeah, think how could some, they? How could do they? they think there's some way by which this might not work out? They right. like this or is do the they same know problem the ending already that devs had right. Devs that show has Alex Garland show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Offerman, yeah, yeah. Where I mean, it I has a device it. that predicts the future down to right. the tiniest degree, and like yeah. you cannot change it. Right. And so the problem becomes eventually you get disinterested in it um, because you have no impact on it. Right. Like the only time right. we want to be able to see how the machine works is because we want to change it. You that's know, that's right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you're just like, we sort of come back to that point a few different times. And I think that's interesting. Um, another just funny little artifact of this is I think the uh, seven 
uh, the seven limbed truth aliens also live for thousands of years? Because how else could they see 3000 years in the future? Right. It could be a genetic memory passed on through. I mean, at, at that point, what does ah, the organism matter? What if you become timeless, but That's you only have access to the memories that you will have from your own vantage as a time limited That's individual. what I thought was happening. Yes. So, like, so, I mean, that would be You reflective. can't see the whole universe. You can only see the portion of the universe that you got to see in your How life. How could you have the ability to perceive things outside of your own cognition? That's what Einstein was saying, baby. Right. And that's true about life. And it, yeah, he was just talking about a bicycle. He's like, I see a man riding a bicycle. But that's if not If I'm riding the bicycle, I can't, he can't, I'm not that guy. Um, yeah, no, I, I, it's, I mean, we can't answer this question because this is, but I that, realized I'm very quickly, saying, this is made up. This is a movie. Uh, so uh, I think it's pretty close to exactly the true thing yeah. that's going to happen someday. Um, that would still that. leave room for, that would still leave room for things like tension and reverence and doubt. Right. Right? I mean, I think, yeah. You can, that's like saying, instead of saying, oh, this lets you see the whole universe like a painting, it says, this lets you see your life as a painting. But as far as that connects to the whole broader universe, you don't get to see that. So there still yeah. is mystery and surprise, even in the nonlinear state. This is one I think that, we solved. This. this is also a problem that religious people have trying to explain what eternity is, or what it will be like when you are free correct. of time. Yeah, correct. Because they imagine eternity as being a static state, and as we've seen, a movie that posits that comes up against some pretty core things that we like about the human experience that you get lost. Right, like mm -hmm. uh, right. choice, change, impact, like you know, pizza. Yeah, pizza's gone. Abe's dick is way gone. We all miss that one. Yeah, um, yeah. So like, he gone. He gone. So he like, gone. Uh, uh, that this problem of eternity, a thing that we all grapple with, right? Even if it's eternity as like obliteration, right? Uh, mm -hmm. is a challenging thing for us to get our minds around because we only think of it as a painting on the wall never as a series of experiences that continues, you know? Well, because it's not a series. It's, that's the whole reason for the painting metaphor in the first place. Right, right. And nothing is in series. It just is. It's splayed in front of us. Like so much like a, tentacle like on so the glass. Like, Put them on the yeah. glass, heptapod. <laughs> Put, Put them on the glass. Squirt, heptapod. Squirt. <laughs> It's so gross yeah, what that if that's it, how they talk. What yeah. if it turned out that that was their lubrication juice for when they get it on? And Amen. that's how they yeah. communicate. I mean, They're just like, you know, we all, gotta, we all got to deal with some compromises in life, mm -hmm. man. We all, <laughs> like all got to do it. That shoots liquid out its eyeballs. Yeah. I want, I want this lady to think about her dead kid. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that that's a really rad ending. That's a yeah. rad ending for a film. Like your happy ending is let's have a dead kid, Jeremy Renner. Yeah, it's just cool. Yeah, well, yeah, and really that's cool. why she says he said, uh, "I made the wrong choice," right? And then the yeah, final he, thing is him saying, "Let's make a baby," and she says, "Yes, yeah." Uh, so we know that in the future she'll say, "By the way, the baby's definitely going to die of cancer," and he's going to go, well, "Then why did we have the baby? You made the yeah. wrong choice." Also, you made the wrong choice, and I'm angry. It now, implies he probably leave you. He implies never he never learned learns. the language. Yes, he never learned. He never the learned language. the language. Shittiest scientist ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, husband, uh, like this is her whole life. She wrote a book on it, and he didn't even read it. That's funny. <laughs> like, yeah. If when she's yeah. like, our kid dies of cancer, and he's like, I don't know that. Oh, did you read my book? You said you read it. 
yeah, I got the gist. I totally knew that. I skimmed it <laughs> for yeah. cancer. Oh, baby, I totally know about our dead kid. I'm squirting rings right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's this one interaction between Amy Adams and her dead kid uh, that is so funny to me because she's like, she's explaining to him why daddy went away. And she's like, I know something that's going to happen. It's about a rare disease that's unstoppable, kind of like you. <laughs> and in my head, I was like, uh, uh. You're getting but, a little close yeah. to telling her she's going to die. Yeah. 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 <laughs> You're unstoppable, kid, except for rare diseases. Yeah. Uh, uh, I also saying backwards sad. and forwards also works for the idea Hana, of being out Hana of time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the movie is what do they call it? A logogram or whatever, a nonlinear sentence that you read on. Like, they imagine writing a sentence from both both directions uh, with, at once. Yeah. Both, and you have to know how much space everything is. That's like a a, a logogram. That's kind of like a movie, like in structurally, uh, you know, like we are we have to learn that there's the space between things or the flashbacks flash forwards i should say um are not what they're supposed to be i just got that's a cool way to structure a movie to do kind of it's not a palindrome it's just like it's out of time in a way that time is greatly desynced in a way that we don't usually allow because it's dealing with cause and effect yeah and the assumption is that when we make movies and we edit them together and we see a sequence of moving images our brain interprets syntax in a certain way we say that is a sentence i understand um i gotta say when you think about it also aliens probably wouldn't have eyes the way that these ones don't have eyes uh, because they don't need eyes to see. They've transcended it in their language. That's why uh, all the other aliens and other alien movies are stupid, because usually they have gigantic <laughs> then, eyes, you know? Wouldn't there... Uh, I think the xenomorph has tiny little beady and eyes. And that's why the xenomorph is the second best it's alien. It's the second most Yeah, realistic. pretty close. Okay. Oh, so yeah, tiny yeah. eyes are good. Yeah, tiny eyes are better than... It's just getting them yeah. small um, until they're done. Yeah, if they can the right only move. access memory through their language, first of all, their language is a visual medium, so I don't know how they're reading the language they write they're if they feeling don't have yeah, eyes. The in their fuck? mind's they eye. Eyes. They have their mind's eye. But if eye. they just feel it in their mind's eye, wouldn't they just travel back and forth to memories of darkness? Like, would they don't... Yeah, their memories are well, all just again this is God, where your your limitations as, as a time bound sensory bound mm-hmm. being don't experience like this is why you can't conceive of these brilliant creatures that definitely exist you know because they are operating with different sense organs probably uh like they use now, yeah like the something like an eye yeah. like an eye when you say maybe? really exist you mean in the in this movie the heptapods are presented as real right oh uh, yeah 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 Okay. Good. Yeah, I mean, as that. long as we're that's, clear that's on that. at least one of the things I mean for sure. I'm just saying, <laughs> I think your original posit that they don't have eyes is just wrong because at one point Jeremy Renner is like, he walks, and then Amy Adams goes like, Ian walks, and they're like showing them shit, you know? Yeah, they show them the whiteboard. How do they not have so eyes? Because they've transcended we, it. You know, <laughs> I think like they're just the, hidden. I think I mean, they're you just can say that. Snappy, <laughs> and I did like, say it. <laughs> they're in their armpits or in their knees. Well, they have seven knees too. So if they got eyes in there, they got plenty of places for eyes. They might even have fourteen knees. It's a real, it's it's a real nightmare. Yeah, they could. Wouldn't you be better off with a couple knees? They come. Hey, I got a question. Think about how your dick would be if you had another knee on it. Pretty good. Oh man, I need (laughs) another knee dick. Yeah, you do. Multiple knee dicks, please. Yeah, you need it. (laughs) Curl it like a Tim Burton film. (laughs) Hey, I got a question. Uh, How did we develop like why? 
like the word why that like because i understand like chair or hungry like these are mm-hmm. things that when we're making sounds like oh i get what you're saying that's a chair or oh you keep pointing your stomach that's must be where you had and frowning <laughs> you know that's probably hungry or even what write. even what because yeah. it's like emphatically pointing at something is me going what 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 is it <laughs> it's a chair what is it? like cause how do you reason- get it why that how is a good question that? how did yeah. we do that that's really cool I'm sure some linguist. This thing is why this thing. Like, how would you teach a case? Like, the cause. Like, how did we get the language for a causal relationship? Is that what you're saying? That's right. Or, like, purpose. Like, how do we conceive of purpose when we're just given these? That's, I think, uh, a much more profound question than uh, you think, Abe. Like, like, we really got to put our brain knees on that one, you know? Yeah, I don't, I just, like, I'm just a yuck yuck. Uh, totally standing on the shoulders of genius using my my big words like why and I'm just like <laughs> where did we get here um, I feel like Plato's cave over here you you're know the canary in Plato's cave what do you think canary. of that canary what did you get yeah, anything was, out of that I mean, why do they was, have the canary it was class oh, it was the like, literal metaphor of canary class, and a co- if something goes wrong the canary yeah, if dies something first. goes wrong it dies but I mean Denis Villanueva is so methodical and clean. He uses such minimal elements that it's got to mean something, right? Like a, I think it's just that he wanted that textural like, element of the thing chirping over and over. Why? I think probably he wanted the sound is probably good, but I also think he likes the idea of mixing tech with like non-tech. Like, oh, that's a smart thing to just do because that's. Like that, that there's nothing, no technology that we can form that is That's going better to than solve that. the problem well than that. just a canary. Yeah. Um, so I, I, think I think he's, he's kind of in love with that. I think it's difficult for us in our time bound sensory state to appreciate <laughs> the idea that Denita and the Wave had with the canary. Like there's probably more to it. I don't know exactly where to find that meaning. Maybe it's in the gigantic craniums of those squid creatures we only saw once. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, but they needed to be there. Think about it; they have to be at least five stories tall. All of it brain. It's a big ass brain. Yeah, yeah, big ass brain. Yeah, I don't. You know. Also, they say like like their ships; they have no front, yeah, or back because yeah. they. And I don't know if that's true. Their ships are like half an egg. They. It's like an egg slice. Their in ships half. are ball. Their ships are like a a baguette that's gone very wrong. Mm. All, a blur. And also right? they. They don't have hands, but they like they squirt out of a a thing. I would say that that has a front, and that has a back. They seem... not if the seven if the seven squid appendages all point in different directions. What's the front? That's the advantage of seven, Abe. See, this is what I hope you learned today. Seven. Yeah. Fuck. I hope you learned. Yeah. All you right. Really yeah. You solved it for me. Oh, good. I'm just wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good. <laughs> They also showed disjointing time by showing how memories are triggered by certain events, which I thought was really cool. The one that I got this Mm -hmm. time that I never noticed before was she sees a heptapod and they immediately cut to a shot where she's in focus, but in the back of frame, there's a horse very out of focus and it looks like a heptapod. Like that shape reminded her of that shape. And I think it's just a really powerful illustration of how, right, sense memory, right? So I guess I'm saying in this timeless future where she learns the heptopod language and can project herself all through time, I think there is still cause and effect. And I think there is still mystery because I like to imagine that A, she can only access her own memories and B, 
it's a fuzzy process. Memories can be triggered by other memories. Memories can be triggered by stimulus that you see or feel or touch. Mm -hmm. I think she lives in the world and outside the world. I think she lives in time and outside time. Literally the only way, you're right, the only way that that could be true is if she didn't completely achieve it, achieve the timelessness. Right, and I think that we're at the beginning of the story. That's why I made it like 3,000 years from now. You're going to need to be a little bit better at this skill that we're giving you right now. And I don't even think that the heptopods necessarily, based off this conversation we've had, I'm pretty convinced that they haven't conquered time in the way that we consider it when we watch like a Marvel movie, which is a fascination where where it's like, once you have the unlock versus the steady, uh, like, studiousness of just or like the process of learning a thing well, you're assuming you're assuming we are very fascinated with like like no i just have that power now I, like magic i can just right. control time you're assuming like, they're not going to keep coming back with visits and like get us fully up to date every couple hundred years like imagine the next one is their timeless toilet or whatever you know, <laughs> they, so you just can, pushing you can it further and further. Yeah, yeah, it's, and you, it's, yeah, it's you can true. always be shitting. You know, like always. It's very clear by the third time. Yeah. Just you always will like, have been shitting. Yes, up. you always will have shat. Yes. Also Think about that. These pills that we give you, and also give us your bones. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. I'm, well, it's going like, to help they, us in 3,000 years. <laughs> trust me. 3,000 years, me. baby. We helped you, right? We helped you. It's like, not really. You, you made, I wrote a book. <laughs> we helped you. I told you your kid was going to die of cancer, remember? Uh, that, that was helpful. helpful. God. Yeah. God, what if you like they it? come back? They come back in 2,000 years. They're like, just check in about that timeline. And they're like, we stopped fucking reading. <laughs> like, everybody yeah. just stopped reading. Like, uh, all right, here's, a, here's a printing press. Uh, uh, shit! Yeah. All right, here's a take, wheel. Let's just kill him. Yeah, here's a circle. <laughs> and here's the thing: if they if they've mastered that skill and can see all of time, why did they send twelve? One would do it. They know they should know theoretically that Louise is the person destined to figure it out. That's so they should only point. send one ship to them. I think it, that implies that even they have not mastered. They are not fully right. timeless. They are of this world and have a foot in the other world. Like they're slightly more powerful than Luis at the end of this movie and maybe can control it a little better. uh, But but they're still not Dr. Manhattan. They they don't see everything. Yeah. 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 They're not Manhattan. No, that you kind of have to, honestly, you kind of have to agree with that for this movie to work. Otherwise you're just going to have fundamental problems with it. No, that's the one piece of truth that the movie doesn't have is that they're not Manhattan. If we had Manhattan, we wouldn't need movies at all. Now we just don't need alien movies (laughs) anymore. In reality, I mean, yeah, we just, yeah, we just because if we, we had a Doctor Manhattan, meaning eye. a creature who can see all of time non-objectively, like they can see all time and not even the one that is limited by their own life experience, they can see the entire universe for what it is. Once that person exists, once that outside observer exists, it seems to imply a bunch of shit, like Adam was saying, like there's no meaning and there's no cause and effect and there's no morality. Uh, and that could be a conception of God, right? God is mm-hmm. outside time and can this see everything. This is hundred percent about that. And it's that. predeterministic. Yeah, it has to be predeterministic in that case. Right. Every time you talk about a God outside of time, you're talking about the actual causality no longer being in the hands of human beings. It's it's that is the paradox, right? This movie should get that about, paradox. Another thing about Doctor Manhattan, totally naked. Yeah. 
as yeah. the heptapods. Oh no, never mind. They have they can be. No, they, they're wearing a suit. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they could be more naked. But like, this if, is black tie. All I'm saying them. is that first contact, first thing we do, no matter what, take off them clothes. Yeah, because they don't understand clothes. No. It's really like, an, why are you wearing clothes? It's really an excuse faster for us. than light travel, but no clothes. <laughs> it's really an excuse yeah. for us to take care of something we should already be taken care of. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, we've just been wanting to get rid of this anyway. Like, so we're just going to do it's, that now. Yeah, it's really, you know, like it's old school. It's like, it's, cleaning your, old. it's like cleaning your tub. It's like, I don't really want to do it, but somebody's coming over, fine, so I better clean it, you know? I'm fine having every, you know, yeah. few decades, uh, like a throwback where it's like, oh, someone's wearing clothes. But I mean, like, that's weird. <laughs> we should on the reg. At like a 70s party, someone wears clothes. And you're like, yeah. oh, yeah, like, oh, people in the crazy. 70s did wear clothes. I forgot about that. What a wild costume. Uh, All right, guys, what do you think about uh, now that we've kind of got a little wiser and we have memories of this conversation so we can, you mm-hmm. know, put our heptopod mindset on and determine if we're going to do the last thing we do in this uh, podcast. It's called closing the wormhole. So are we going to hybridize the world, blend it together with the world we have, the reality that the podcast listeners exist in? Are we going to just choose to live in the arrival universe? Or are we just going to fuck off and keep searching? More than more than anything else, wormhole? this film shows us how stupid and immature Avatar is uh, with its big-eyed, blue-skinned aliens, which are not mm-hmm. real and not how it would go. Uh, and unimaginative, because the big it eyes. is, you know? Uh, like, I, I just wish that we'd seen... I wish more alien films were imaginative like this one, uh, <laughs> you know, and closer to what is really true. Uh, so you want it to be imaginative, but you also yeah. want it to be closer to what's to true. Well, imagining what's true. But, yeah. Oh, okay. Can we imagine what's true, a paradox. Please? Yeah. Kind of ah. a paradox of terms, but... It's very wise. I think mm. I'd stay in the Arrival universe only mm. because mm-hmm. it's a case where it's basically like my universe, but we've made first contact, and there's a new thing to learn, <laughs> this new language to learn, and first contact went relatively well. Like we didn't yes. it went great. kill the world. Yeah. And they didn't turn out to be hostile aliens. In fact, we <clears throat> killed one of them and they're still not hostile. I just think that's a better bet. That's a better bet for a universe than I'm going to get from almost any other alien movie. Like, I don't want to go to the Mars Attacks universe. I don't want to go to the Aliens universe, but I would go to this universe because I- Yeah, this universe sounds r- rad. In my life, I dream of seeing First Contact. I hope First Contact happens in my lifetime. I want to see that shit. So this would mm. be a way to accomplish that dream. Totally I'm totally staying. with Swaim. I'm, I would live in this world. It's like best case scenario. Someone, Jeremy Renner's sad because his dead kid. I, I can live with that. Yeah, it's not uh, my dead kid. I'm not. It's a, not my dead I'm not kid. Jeremy Renner. And yeah. like humanity, over time, there's kind of a uh, prevalent thought that we're going to level up, dude. We're gonna have fucking class change on this shit. Yeah, we're I gonna. Agree. We're two thousand one. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna get. We're gonna get a new way to think. This is a. Uh, this is a hopeful universe. Uh, also, it's the truest universe, and I'm glad we're staying in it. Uh, and I'm so we all agree. Yeah, we're gonna stay here. We're staying. It's here. gonna be like this. Okay. Forever. Wow. Great. Great. So I next think... episode will still be about the arrival because we're all here. <laughs> I don't think we yeah. need to do this podcast anymore or need right. new movies. We found our home. We did it. We found our home, guys. Yeah. No one was the asshole. Everyone was. As There's they no assholes. Be. Yeah, that's true. We're done. No one was truly an asshole, and that mm. now ma- makes me think maybe I should leave. <laughs> Well, if only uh, to perpetuate our series of misadventures, I think you'd better. 
All right. No, I'm out of here. Oh, Thank fuck. God we got rid of that guy, huh? Oh, God. I haven't left yet. Oh, God. shit. <laughs> <laughs>